millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Today we have a great two weeks notice malicious compliance story. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, we aren't experts? Okay then. I work in the heritage sector, providing specialist services to the construction industry ahead of developments as required by law. This story takes place a few years ago when my company had been contracted to carry out work ahead of a large infrastructure project. To give you an idea of scale, this project provided most of the work for my company for the better part of four and a half years. The typical process for our work would be that we would come in several months or years before the actual construction was due to start. We would then excavate trenches, dig any features that came up, photograph them, draw them, measure them, and fill out endless stacks of paperwork about a single nondescript furrow in an entire field full of identical nondescript furrows. We would also send any artifacts back to the office to be dealt with. Artifacts in this case usually means random bits of broken pot, pieces of flint, rarely a piece of metalwork, usually a piece of broken horseshoe. Eventually, these artifacts would be cleaned, weighed, and reviewed by specialists, who would write even more paperwork detailing various aspects about them. This would be combined with the paperwork and drawings we had completed on site, and in the fullness of time, a final report would be written for the site and sent to the client. These artifacts, or finds as we usually call them, when returned to the office are initially dealt with by the imaginatively named finds department. They are responsible for the initial cataloging and cleaning before they're sent on to the specialists. At the time in question, the head of the fines department was away on maternity leave, and so a temporary replacement had been hired. Let us call her Alice. Alice had not long come out of university with their shiny new master's degree in fines conservation, or something similar. She was also determined to make her mark on the company, so that we would extend her contract once her predecessor returned from materiality leave. Seeing an opportunity, she arranged to visit each site in turn to deliver a short lecture to introduce herself, outline any changes to policies, refresh people's memories on existing policies, and gather feedback on the current and proposed policies. At least, this is what should have happened. I am unfortunately unable to give a verbatim account of the conversation, as I was off work myself during the meeting. My colleagues have described it in some detail, though, when they brought me up to speed on the changes to policy when I returned the next Monday. The meeting was badly timed for the site I was working on. It was a Wednesday and the weather forecast for the rest of the week was rain with quite a lot of work left to do to meet our quota. We work outside with heavy machinery and have to hand dig a lot. Not only is rain unpleasant to work in, it's also more dangerous due to the risk of slipping in the mud or the material you're digging being waterlogged and much heavier. In extreme cases, it can even conceal trip hazards and holes large enough to fall in. This has happened to staff members several times over the years, including myself. Bearing this in mind and the fact that the meeting was called during lunch, none of my colleagues were in a particularly convivial mood. Dave, the site supervisor, was distracted during the meeting trying to work out how to do three days worth of work in half a day, and so wasn't really paying much attention to what Alice was saying. 
Alice, for her part, was generally complaining about the poor standard of labeling on material being sent back, the fact that things were covered in mud when they were sent back, and that we were writing things on the bags that they would use. Stuff like upper gray fill, useless to them, but very useful to the person halfway through digging the feature when they're trying to remember what bag to put something in. The conversation then turned to how she wanted us all to use fines trays. Think lightweight flat plastic trays like you might get at a garden center to store fines next to our features rather than bagging them straight away. It was of course pointed out that this was a bloody stupid idea on the basis that a thin flimsy piece of plastic to neatly arrange things on might look good when management or TV crews were around, but in reality, the first time there was a gust of wind, all of those fines would be scattered across the field. It was also pointed out that they would probably all be broken inside a week on account of how flimsy they actually were. Alice duly noted these concerns and immediately dismissed them. My friend then asked how exactly she was expecting them to carry a toolbox, shovel, mattock, pickaxe-like tool, camera, photograph scales, and these fines trays out to their feature, which could be up to 20 minutes walk from the welfare unit. The response was, if you need it, you will find a way to carry it. It was at this point that Dave realized the meeting wasn't going quite as smoothly as it should have and started paying attention again, just in time to hear my friend respond, well, we don't need them, so we won't bother. Alice didn't take this too well, but the meeting continued and the topic turned to fine selection. It's worth mentioning at this point that each project we work out has a lengthy document which outlines the various requirements and processes for the different aspects. One of the things included in this is always the section criteria for what fines are returned to the office for processing. Typically, it will include a section which permits site staff to discard modern material without recording and to record and discard some other types of fines on site at the direction of the site director. At part of the meeting, the topic of discarding fines was brought up. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm not sure exactly why it was brought up, I believe one of my colleagues may have inquired as to clarify the precise parameters for when to discard certain objects. Alice was furious. She began shouting at my colleagues accusing them of theft and that she was informing the police if she ever thought they were not properly recovering fines and have us fired. That we had no idea what we were doing and that you are not experts, it's not up to you to decide what is of archaeological significance. Leaving aside the fact that about 95% of our job is deciding precisely that, Dave stepped in at this point, 
and the meeting was swiftly brought to a conclusion, with Alice leaving to inflict her presence on another one of our sites a few miles away. I returned the next Monday and was given a rundown on what had happened, along with a blow-by-blow account of the meeting and the precise wording out our new instructions. We aren't experts. It's not up to us to decide what's archaeological and what isn't. Okay then, we can work with that. What Alice had not realized is that there are a lot of things that we discard as having no archaeological significance. Digging a trench in a field, the topsoil is usually full of modern rubbish which we would ignore. Not this time. Empty coke can? Bagged. Piece of bird's eye char grilled chicken wrapper? Bagged. Broken beer bottle? Bagged. By the end of the first day, we had filled several large bags full of fines. By the end of the week, they had to use a bin bag to transport them all to the office. This continued for several weeks. Alice, unable to bring herself to admit that she'd been wrong and apologize, and us perfectly happy to follow our new orders to the letter. About a month afterward, though, there was a slight change. Previously, all fines would be taken to our office, processed, and then sent to head office to be looked at by the specialists. Now, to save time and money, they were going to send all of the fines directly to head office to be processed there. The next week, we got a phone call from the head of fines in the company, Alice's manager. It went something along the lines of, Are you staff a bunch of idiots? Dave says no. Alice's manager follows up, Then why the heck are they sending us bags of literal rubbish? Dave says, Because they were told to. Alice's manager says, What? And Dave recounts the meeting with Alice. They say, oh, for God's sake, just tell them to go back to doing it properly. I'll deal with Alice. We went back to doing our job properly, somewhat sadly, as we'd been quite enjoying ourselves. Alice had to have a meeting with her boss, who made it very clear that the people who didn't know what they were doing had over 30 years of experience between them, and the least experienced among them had several times the field experience Alice did. Alice was also prohibited from issuing such instructions to people again without approval from her manager. When it came time for the original head of fines to return from materiality leave, people were practically cheering. She'd been concerned that Alice would have successfully integrated herself to the extent that people would not have appreciated the disruption of her return. People had in fact been counting the days until she returned as Alice had, in addition to alienating most of the field staff, also failed to make friends within the office staff. Alice was retained, but was demoted to an assistant to help manage the workload, and moved on a couple of years later without having been allowed to cause too much trouble again. Honestly, considering the monumental misjudgment going on here, I bet she must have felt fortunate enough to just even be stuck around even if it's just in the assistant position. Our next story is, put in my two weeks notice, covert narcissistic supervisor reveals herself. I, 30-year-old female, have been working at a super small construction company for the past two years. I put my best foot forward every day and never had any issues with anyone in the company. As of three months ago, they moved me from an infield coordinator to an accounting position. It was an emergency move as one of the employees stole 80000 from the company and they needed an immediate replacement. My new supervisor, we'll call her Mary, 34-year-old female, was always super kind to me, and we've became pretty good in-work friends. Well, these past couple of months have been heck. I hate the new position, and to be fair, I'm not very good at it. So I found a new position, and I've been keeping it a secret for a while. I let the owner know first, and he was very kind and receptive to it. 
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. The issue started when Mary got word of it. She immediately cornered me and started going on this rant saying things like, Why didn't you tell me? You're being incredibly unfair and selfish. I can't believe you would do this to us. This is unacceptable. Don't ask me for a referral because you're not getting one from me, etc. I politely told her that the opportunity was something I simply couldn't pass up. She then went to the owner and asked for any details I might have given to him about the new company and new position. I believed to try to sabotage me leaving, and thankfully I hadn't discussed any details about it with anyone. It was awkward after that, but I didn't think anything of it. The next day, when things took a turn for the worst, Mary decided to be petty and removed all of my authorizations to any accounts I had, so I couldn't perform any of my daily tasks. I didn't want to leave on a sour note, so I brought it up to the owner, as Mary was OOO, out of office, that day. He reauthorized my accounts, and I continued to work. Mary was back the following day, and was completely livid that I'd went around her and talked directly to the owner. Her actions towards me would only get worse from here on out. The next day, I came in to notice that my desk was moved, and my computer access was taken away yet again. Cue the malicious compliance. Since I couldn't do any of my daily tasks, and really didn't feel like dealing with a screaming Mary... I was on Reddit for basically the whole day. At the end of the day, Mary came into my new back storage office and said, Busy day today? I know mine was. I just smiled and said, Yep, exhausting. She did not like that response and went to the owner to say that I was purposely not doing my job and my last two weeks would be pointless, so we should just let her, me, go now. The owner disagrees calls me into his office, and after I explained what she had done, he gave me access again and told Mary to work from home. Another day goes by. It's extremely peaceful now that Mary's working remote, but unfortunately this does not mean my day was getting any easier. Instead of taking my access away, she had IT start forwarding all of my emails to other employees and other departments that had nothing to do with my specific position. At this point, I'd only had three days left. So I just took it as, okay, this sucks for them, but it's on Mary's head if anyone has any questions. I looked at my PTO, and I had way more than I'd thought, so why not use those for my last days? And that's exactly what I did. I was originally supposed to let all vendors know and start forwarding them off to the appropriate people, and interview second round candidates for my position, but not anymore. The owner was completely okay with it and understood that Mary was being toxic and that he would have a talk with her about her attitude and position if this continues. Now, with my last two days and me being on PTO, I finally thought I was safe for Mary. But lo and behold, she was still holding a massive grudge. As if me leaving my position was a personal attack on her, she called me at 4.30 in the morning and left me a voicemail saying our company was having an accounting emergency and I needed to come in 
Immediately, I call her back about four hours later, which she was fuming about, and went on a massive rant about how I'm extremely entitled, I will never get anywhere with my attitude, she's embarrassed for our company to say that I ever worked here, that if she ever finds out where I'll be working, she will make sure that I'm fired and will never get a job in this town again. I laughed at her, and she went ballistic, like when you take a four-year-old's toy away. Screaming so loud her voice was shaking, saying silly things like I have no respect for her, or the company, and that I will rot in heck. I hung up on her once she started bringing my family into things. I called the owner and explained to him what happened, which she wasn't shocked about, and had told me that when she came in that morning, she was going on a rampage like the Tasmanian devil. After finding out why she was freaking out, he promptly fired her. I was shocked, since this was such a small company and he definitely needed her. I had heard from another co-worker that she ended up destroying a bunch of company property on her way out, and now she's facing a lawsuit due to the damages. So thankful she revealed her true self to everyone, and that I'm far, far away from that company and her. What I love here is OP was literally on the way out. They were days from just being gone out of this person's hair. They just had to swallow their pride, take it on the chin, deal with the frustrations that OP leaving is causing them, and they would still be employed. But no, OP tricked them into revealing their true selves. I love that. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.